Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are thankful to be here today. We need you. We're not complete without you. We lose our way without you. We ask, Father, that today you would make all of this real to us. Father, that you would be an anchor to our soul. You would be a father to us, your children. Teach us this through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, turn in the Bible to Psalm 1. Psalm 1 in the Bible. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can use the black pew Bible there in front of you. And I don't know what page number that is. What page number is that? 484. If you didn't bring a Bible and you want to use the black pew Bible there in front of you in the back of the pew, it's page 484, Psalm 1. Uh, up until the last couple of weeks, we had been going through First Peter. What we usually do is pick a, a book and just walk through it, passage by passage, verse by verse, wanting to get what God is saying and not so much what I feel like talking about. That would not be good for all kinds of reasons. But we do want to get into the Word of God, and so we went through 1 Peter. It took us several months, and we finished. We took the last two or three weeks to cover a couple topics, and now I'm ready to get back into something. And we're going to get into the book of Psalms. That's where we are today. We're going to do a series that will take us all the way up until the holidays, all the way up until Christmas on the book of Psalms. Well, there are 150 Psalms in the Old Testament. Um, and if we did one psalm a Sunday, that would be three years. So we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to pick out about 12 or so to take us from now, August the 23rd, up into the holidays. Because at Christmas, I want to preach on, on Christmas scripture themes. So we'll do that. And if it's going well with the Psalms, then we may just continue on into 2016. But we're, for right now, we're at least going to take on the next 12 Sundays with Psalms. I don't have them all chosen yet. I have some of them chosen that I want to preach. I also want to tell you all that if you um, have a favorite Psalm that you really like, maybe 24 or 25 or 54 or 55 or 84 or 85, any Psalm, there's 150, there's a lot of them, that you really like, that you would like for us to preach on a Sunday morning, then let us know. I'm not dead set on any. There's 150 and we need to choose 12 from now to Christmas and we will. I'm choosing the Psalms because I find myself along with you all being quite emotional. Not, not emotional necessarily the way you would think of a uh, crybaby or something like that is. But just there's some days where I feel this way, and then the next day I feel this way, and then the next day I feel this way, and I start asking myself, what, what's up with all these feelings? And I need an anchor, a source, a foundation to understand my feelings through. I think that you're like that. I think we're all like that. Just the past couple of days, let me just give you an idea of what it's like in my house. I got lazy this week, and my grass got too tall, 
And since I was lazy, I then got mad because it was too tall to get with my push mower. And then I went from being lazy uh, and then mad at myself to then like a low self-esteem thinking, nobody else has these problems. I'm just a failure at taking care of the yard. That's just a little bit of my life. Carolina threw an absolute fit this morning and said she was going back to bed because she couldn't have potato chips and ketchup for breakfast. I went back in her room and she was already in her dress, tucked in bed with the covers up. And I said, are you going back to bed? And she said, yeah. So I turned off the light and shut the door. I said, okay, we'll see you tomorrow morning. And in about two minutes, she was back out ready to eat breakfast. My wife, we've had sick kids Everybody's healthy now, but we've had sick kids. And my wife already, who is a stay-at-home mom, has been a super stay-at-home mom, meaning stay at home all the time, 24-7. She can't go anywhere. All she has is sick kids. She wasn't able to be here last Sunday morning, last Sunday night. She wasn't able to be here Wednesday night. She has been at home in the house. We've had baseball practice. I've taken the kids to baseball practice. She's been at home in the house nonstop with vomiting and fevers and everything. And so... She doesn't complain about it, but I'm sure she's thinking, some life. That's just a little bit of our lives in a a few days. All types of emotions. And yet through it all, we know that God loves us and He's taking care of us. And so how how do I deal with those? Thinking as a church and as a pastor, it kind of goes the same way. Just this week alone, I had a hard conversation with somebody who says they're not sure if they want to go to church anymore. Those are hard. But then I rejoiced greatly, and we didn't even announce this yet. As of last Sunday, we have all of the money that we need for the parking lot. It is completely raised. (laughs) To everybody that has given, thank you so much. We will have us a new, brand new parking lot here soon, very soon. And I'm excited about that. I was so excited and proud. Another day this week, I sat on the couch with a grown man who was crying his eyes out because he's in sin and his life is a mess. I also had a college student call me this week and say, my mom moved into college. I got my Bible on my bed. I'm ready to live for Jesus. That's good. And that's, that's, that's up and down though, right? That's like go this way and smile and go this way and think, oh my. I need something to filter all this through. Rather, I need something to uphold all of this. And that, that's just my little world. Your worlds are that way too. So where where might we go in the Bible that will address that so clearly? I think the Psalms. The Psalms are ideal for this. Psalms are actually songs. That's really all the word means. It means praises. It means songs. Now just for some clarity, and I'm not really like a... uh, one of these people that cares too much about grammar. Y'all hear me talk. My grammar's not too good. But just for clarity, it is one psalm 
and a book of Psalms. If you're talking about two or more, it would be Psalms, plural. Everybody got that? If you're talking about one, it would be Psalm. It is Psalm 23. It is Psalm 145. It is Psalm 1. And Pastor Josh is preaching through the book of Psalms. Okay? So let's make sure when we talk about it, we talk about it well. But they're songs. And songs are good, aren't they? We know that songs really just get us moving. I can't tell you how many times in my life my mom's been in the kitchen cooking and the Beach Boys come on the radio and she cranks up the Beach Boys surfing USA and just dances while she cooks. One song is able to just make her feel better about life. I'm sure you've been here before and thought, I don't know that song, I'm not singing. Micah introduces another new one today and you think, I don't even know it. But then when your favorite song comes on, you perked up and you were singing, singing your heart out. Songs can do that to us. How often do we hear somebody say, ooh, today is one of those great days, roll the windows down, let your hair blow in the wind and crank the music up in the car. Songs can do that to us. Well, in the book of Psalms, we have songs that are given by God, inspired by God. These songs are written by God. So we have the twofold uh, significance of, wow, it's a song and we like songs, but these are songs of God. And you have your favorite songs that seem to speak to you anyway. We have a lot of people who live their lives based off of a, an Alan Jackson country song or an Eminem hip-hop song or people who are living their lives inspired by music that's not really inspired. We have songs here that truly are songs of God. How much more might they speak to us? Yet in doing that, the Psalms, not only are they songs, but they are songs from people, from humans, that deal with all of our emotions. Now I got this from a famous pastor, but he gives 24 examples from the Psalms of the emotions that come out in the Psalms. I'm not going to give the Scripture references for time's sake, but just listen. I'm going to tell you the emotion, and then I'm going to read the verse. Loneliness. I am lonely and afflicted. These are all quotes from the Psalms. Love. I love you, O Lord, my strength. All. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Sorrow. My life is spent with sorrow. Regret. I am sorry for my sin. Contrition, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Discouragement and turmoil, why are you cast down, O oh my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Shame, shame has covered my face. Exultation, in your salvation, how greatly he exults. Marveling, this is the Lord's doing, it is marvelous in his eyes. Sorry, in our eyes. Delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Joy. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Gladness. I will be glad and exult in you. Fear. Serve the Lord with fear. Anger. Be angry and do not sin. Peace. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. Grief. My eye wastes away because of grief. Desire, O oh Lord, You hear the desire of the afflicted. 
hope. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in You. Brokenheartedness. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Gratitude. I will thank You in the great congregation. Zeal. Zeal for Your house has consumed me. Pain. I am afflicted and in pain. Confidence. Though war rise against me, I will be confident. What a range of emotions. In one book, the book of Psalms, from God, through people, in their lives. Every one of us connected with at least some of those As I read through that, I think every one of those applies to me. I can identify with all 24. This is why I think the Psalms are good for us. The Psalms are a book from God that are songs that deal with our emotions. It's going to be good for us. My prayer is that you would be somebody who says, I believe in God. God is the source of my life. And every experience that I have, I want to make sense of it and deal with it through the good, loving grace of God. God will get me through this. God will sustain me. What does God have me to feel in this situation? What does God have me to know in this situation? What does God have me to do in this situation? What does God have that, that I, in what way would God have me respond in this situation? Because every one of us have lived long enough to know life does not go the way we want it to. It doesn't. We end up in positions and we thought, how did I get here? The Psalms answer this for us. John MacArthur summarizes the Psalms like this, and it's awesome. You need to remember this. The basic theme of Psalms is living real life in the real world where two dimensions operate simultaneously. Horizontal, temporal, what I'm dealing with, and vertical, transcendent. Remember that. Every day of your life, you're having to deal with what's around you, problems, bills, stress, ignorant people, all while having a relationship with God. And try as we might, some days it's me and God, and some days it's me and people. There's no such thing. We never have that, ever, ever. Your life is always dealing with reality through God. And the Psalms are going to connect us there. The Psalms are going to connect us there. I want to show you what the psalm's framework is like. At Psalm 1, which is where you're at, I want you to see the very beginning. Blessed is the man. The book of Psalms begins with Psalm 1, which is like an introduction talking about how man can be blessed. In short, without reading ahead, it is 
by being close to God. By following God. By knowing God. By walking in His ways. By understanding God. By being close to God. But it begins with blessed is the man. If you can, turn to the very, very end. 150. The end of Psalms. The very last book, or the very last psalm in the book of Psalms, 150, is short. It's only six verses. Let's read it. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. And then look at verse 6. The final verse of the book of Psalms. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. After reading 150 Psalms, after reading in my Bible some nearly 80 pages, the very end of it is, wow. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. After reading and hearing and learning and observing emotional people, people who are here and there, people who are having good days and people who are having bad days, people who have done well with their lives and people who have failed at life, people who are hurting and scared, after all of those emotions are seen in God's people, the conclusion is, praise the Lord. The way God deals with people and handles people and carries people through their circumstances, the way He lifts heads and deals with souls and forgives sins and gives second chances and leads people and so forth. Praise the Lord. The way our emotions can be met by a good and pleasing and holy God. Praise the Lord. The way He cares for us. Praise the Lord. And it begins with blessed is the man. So it goes from here's how a man can be blessed and it gets us to saying praise the Lord. Well today I want to just say a little bit about Psalm 1 as an introduction to our series on the whole book of Psalms. I want to give you three ideas that will cover the whole time. Number one, the Psalms are songs. I've already said that. Number two, the Psalms are inspired by God. And number three, the Psalms are about Jesus. The Psalms are songs. You need to remember that. The Psalms are inspired by God. You need to remember that. And number three, the Psalms are about Jesus. You need to remember that. Every week, no matter what psalm we're at, we want to remember those three things. The psalms are songs. P. 
picture the people of Israel singing these. You know, Psalms is the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. Nearly 80 quotations in the New Testament from the book of Psalms. Nearly 80 times. 80 different times we have a snippet from the book of Psalms in the New Testament. That's a lot. Now, Psalms is the biggest book, and so that would lend to that. But what we have is that the the, the Old Testament is what the New Testament people had as the Word of God. You and I have the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is the Word of God. But before we had the New Testament, it was just the Old Testament. And they often look to the Psalms. You might say that they look to the Psalms more than they look to any book. Well, I wonder why. Probably because they were songs. Songs get to us. We feel them. We can remember them. I don't remember the last time I listened to Lionel Richie. I think he sings Dancing on the Ceiling, right? Does he? Yeah, y'all know. Don't act like y'all don't know that. But you know the lyrics, Oh, what a feeling when you're dancing on the ceiling. Whoa, what a feeling. I don't even know how I know that. I really don't. Never had Lionel Richie in my CD player. But that song has me. And if I'm ever feeling good, I'm probably going to sing it. Don't even know why. Just in a similar way, these songs that we sing here come to mind. We were in the delivery room. Val was having a C-section January the 2nd of 2008. I was sitting there while they're about to deliver our first child. And they pulled out J.J. and he started crying. and I'd never had that experience before. And they said, would you like to hold him? And as I went over there and they handed me my first kid, I just started saying, To God be the glory, great things. I wasn't singing to the doctors, but just to myself. Great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son. I didn't plan to sing that. I don't remember the last time we sang hymn number four, To God Be the Glory. But when God gave me a son, my heart was overcome with His goodness to me, and I sang that song. Songs are like that. I'm sure that the Old Testament saints loved the Psalms. And when they were mad, they would sing some of these where you can tell they were mad. And when they were happy, they would sing some of these where you can tell they are happy. We need to remember that these are songs. We need to know that knowing the Word of God needs to become so important to us that it needs to drive our emotions the way songs do. 
Singing is something that people who know God do. I hope that you know this. Micah has been telling me that he thinks that we're getting louder on Sunday mornings. I hope that you are observing that too. Because singing is what people who know God do. Let let me give you a few verses. Psalm 96.1, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. This is what God tells us to do. Sing to Him. And if you're not a singer, I wonder why. I don't mean you have to be the loudest. Do you sing to God? The Bible says God's people do. Psalm 104.33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. I did a funeral this week of a lady that I didn't know, but she was 92 years old. And as I talked to the family, how it was the final days leading up to her passing, one of the granddaughters showed me a picture of her bedside on Tuesday. I did the funeral Friday, Tuesday. She showed me a picture of her Tuesday sitting bedside of her 92-year-old grandmother and she said she just wanted me to sing to her. Can you imagine being moments from death? Moments from the Lord Jesus. Moments from heaven. And what she wanted was somebody to sing to her. Sing to me songs about my God. Sing to me songs about His love for me, His grace. Sing to me songs. Even in the New Testament it tells us this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 says that we are to be addressing one another in psalms and with hymns and with spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. This is a teaching given to the New Testament church in Ephesus. Sing to each other. One of the things that makes you and I grow as Christians is that we hear and see each other singing. And when you're not singing, I'm thinking, why aren't you? Something's not right. The Psalms are songs. So that we would be a singing people in understanding our God. Number two, the Psalms are inspired by God. This is fascinating. Me and Mike have been talking about this. These Psalms are very much so personal. They are dealing with tough things. There are psalms in this book of Psalms where people are asking God to go and hurt somebody. There are psalms in here where somebody has went and had sex with somebody they shouldn't have had sex with. And then they realize that they shouldn't have done that. So they went and killed her husband to make it look like it was okay. That happens in the psalms. It's real talk. Just like John MacArthur said, real life in a real world. But they are inspired by God. Remember, we believe that the entire Bible, beginning to end, is breathed out by God. 
We believe that strongly. Very, very strongly. That is why if you or I go against it, we will press you on the truth. We have no other option than to live in accordance and obedience to the Word of God or to be wrong and against God. There is no middle ground with us. We are Bible-believing. And the Psalms are the Holy Word of God. Inspired Scripture. Which brings us to a neat spot to be able to say, wow, I want to see all of these emotions dealt with under the power of God. Under the inspiration of God. I want to understand that. So that I understand it here and so that I understand it in my life. Help me deal with this laziness and help me deal with this being mad and help me deal with this uh, depression. All happened to me one day over my grass. And the Word of God can. The Word of God can. Now, I want you to be ready with me. Have your Bibles. I want to show you that Jesus can show us this very clearly Himself. Turn to Psalm 110. Okay? We're going to go to the Psalms and then we're going to go to the Gospels. So keep your hand in the Psalms and then keep your hand on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Psalm 110. I think you're going to like this. Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Okay, we have this in Psalm 110. Well, turn now to Mark chapter 12. And let's watch what it says. Let's see what it says. Mark chapter 12, verse 36. Mark chapter 12, verse 36 says, this is Jesus teaching, David himself in the Holy Spirit declared... The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Does everybody see that? What Jesus is teaching right here is that David quotes Psalm 110 verse 1. David, under the Holy Spirit. You see that? It doesn't say in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't even say David in verse 1 of Psalm 10. Now the, the subscript does, but verse 1 doesn't. Jesus in Matthew in Mark chapter 12 verse 36 says that David in the Holy Spirit quotes Psalm 110 verse 1. Jesus believed that the book of Psalms was the word of God. And Jesus believed that what David was dealing with in the book of Psalms mattered to him. Mark chapter 12 36 is a quote from Psalm 110 verse 1 and Jesus is using that. Turn to Psalm 82. Psalm 82. Psalm 
Psalm 82 verse 6 says, You are gods. Sons of the Most High, all of you, nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. That phrase, you are gods. Does everybody see it in Psalm 82, 6? All right, now turn over to John chapter 10 in the New Testament. John chapter 10 in the New Testament. I know we don't normally do this much turning, but this is an introduction. Every other Sunday after this, we will stay with our specific psalm. But I'm wanting you to see that the Psalms are the inspired Word of God, and who better than Jesus to show us this? John chapter 10, verse 35. We'll look at verse 34 first. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law that I said, You are gods? If He called them gods to whom the Word of God came, and Scripture cannot be broken. Jesus is appealing to the Psalms as authoritative Scripture that cannot be broken. Jesus, living some 2,000 years ago, is quoting something that was written a 1,000 years before on a little sentence that says you are gods. And if Psalm 82 says you are gods, then to Jesus that means that's, that is true. And it cannot be broken. And we must live by it. Jesus believes that the Psalms are the Word of God. The holy inspired Word of God. It is binding upon us. Not only did He believe that, but He knew that. He had studied that. He had remembered that. He had memorized that. And He was able in passing in the temple to deal with somebody about what Psalm 110 says, Psalm 82 says. The Word of God mattered to Him. Let's do one more. Psalm 41. Psalm 41. And if you're, for your own personal study, this one is fascinating. Psalm 41, verse 9. Even my close, my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. We'll turn over to John chapter 13 in the New Testament. John chapter 13 is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You know that washing the disciples' feet was the very, it was the night before. And Jesus was about to be betrayed by Judas. John chapter 13, verse 18. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. He's talking about Judas. He is talking about Judas who would betray him after he eats bread with him at the Last Supper. And you know why he knows that? Because the Scripture is true and it will be fulfilled. 
If Psalm 41 says that that's going to happen, it is certainly going to happen. The Word of God is true, is true, is true. And there may be a lot of things trying to convince you otherwise. Don't believe it. Jesus shows us that the Psalms are inspired by God, whether it is Psalm 110, Psalm 82, Psalm 41. Jesus is showing us that He believes it, that it was written by God, that it's true, and that He can be dealing with His life interacting in His life based off the truth of Scripture. So when we read it and study it like we're going to, week after week now moving forward, may we know that the Psalms are songs that mean something, that we're going to feel that, we're going to connect with that, we want to learn that, but it is also inspired by God. This is the truth of God coming to us, and we can deal with our emotions based off the truth of God. There isn't a friend, or, or, or there isn't a hug, or there isn't those things that, that, that will be as meaningful and helpful to us as the Word of God. Certainly, the Word of God teaches us we need a friend and we need a hug and we need all of that, but we need the anchor, the foundation of the truth of the Word of God to handle us in our emotional circumstances. The Psalms are songs. The Psalms are inspired by God. Again, it is the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. And then lastly, the Psalms will point us to Jesus. And so now let's go back to Psalm 1 where we are today. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Psalm 1 is an introduction to the whole book of Psalms, and here's why. Psalm 1 does not come to us like some biblical teaching does in which it says, don't be bad. Don't be wicked. Don't do this. Don't break the Ten Commandments. It doesn't. It could have. It could have said the blessed man is the one who doesn't do wicked things, but it doesn't. Instead, in the first two verses, it's, it's very profound. This, the book of Psalms is introduced to us not by what we do. Listen but rather, what is it that is our influencing factors? What is, that, what is it that influences us so much? What influences our lives? What influences our decision-making? What influences our commitments and our word and our affections? And in verses 1 and 2, that is very clear. Some people are influenced by the people they walk with, the counsel they receive, the people they stand around with, and the people they sit around with. And, on con and in the contrast, some people are influenced by the Word of God that they meditate on day and night. Psalm 1 doesn't come to us and say, there's two types of people in the world, the wicked and the righteous, which are you? 
It does make that conclusion. But rather it says there are two types of people in the world and what they are influenced by tends to make all the difference. And I want to ask you here today, in all honesty, what is influencing your life? What influences your marriage? What influences your sins? What influences the way you deal with your sins? What influences your parenting? What influences the bad decisions we make? What influences the way we have friends or make friends or choose friends or react to our friends? And the Bible wants us to see that in all of our life experiences, it must be the Word of God and anything else is going to be wrong and misleading. And all the rest of the Psalms, from Psalm 2 to Psalm 150, we are to see people who even in whatever emotion they're dealing with, the Word of God is their influence. The Word of God is what feeds them. The Word of God is their substance. It is truly the bread of life. It is more important to us than anything else the Word of God is. This is why the Bible says that we should hide it in our hearts. We should bind it around our neck. It should be on the tips of our tongue. It should be on our lips. Because it is the Word of God that can teach us about life. Well, in Psalm 1, I'm telling you that it's about Jesus. As it lays that out, the influencing factors, it does conclude with the wicked and the righteous. Which leaves everybody saying, well, I want to be the righteous. Which leads us to asking then, how do I be the righteous? And a short and, 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 and almost there answer would be, keep the Word of God. And if you read the Bible a little bit, or you've been taught the Bible a little bit, you may be thinking, keep the Bible. That's not the grand message of the Bible. The grand message of the Bible is that God loves us and He sent His righteous Son, Jesus, to die for us. And that if God has saved you from your sins, you will love a devoted life to Him according to His Word. The righteous are not those who have become righteous through the Word of God. The righteous are those who have become righteous through the Son of God who is the Word of God in the flesh. And in knowing Jesus, we love to let the Word of God be the number one influence in our lives. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I want to ask you here today if you're ready to let your emotional state force you to God. Push you to God. I want to ask you here today if you're ready to let your emotions be met with the firm foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ and His truth. And Do you want to let the Word of God build you up? Because that's where we're going to go for the next several weeks, all the way up until Christmas. 
We're going to get into the Word of God in the book of Psalms. We're going to see where God's people's emotions are all over the place and see how the powerful Word of God will answer it. And I'm praying that we will find ourselves saying, I am being strengthened in life as I deal with the real world horizontally because I'm growing with God vertically. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank You for the truth of the Word of God. God, may it be that the book of Psalms will meet us where we're at and we will see the life-giving power of Jesus there. We will know that Jesus died for our sins and that the Word of God is our guide. God, make us Christian people that live according to the truth. We ask Your blessing upon our invitation now upon our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.